Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com fedcontracts. The information contained within the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All opinions, views, and statements are those of the panelists and not representative of any business, nonprofit organization, deity, or governmental organization. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Utah Outcast. This is the Wednesday episode for the show. Uh, if, you ha- if you're just tuning in and you never listened to us before, we are a semi-weekly podcast that brings you uncensored, unabashed atheist content, uh, news, current events, and stuff like that are usually on Mondays. Today's Wednesday, like I said, and this is the one where we're going to be doing our features for the week. Uh, I'm your glorious host, X. Yes, I am glorious. I don't care what anybody says. And uh, we've got quite a bill for you guys tonight, so let's get to it, shall we? 40%, 45% of the American people believe literally in Adam and Eve, believe literally that the world is only 6,000 years old. Mm. I mean, that's a shocking figure, and mm. you can't duck out of it by saying, oh, sophisticated theologians mm-hmm. don't, don't believe it. Unfortunately, what sophisticated theologians believe isn't really relevant to what the majority of Christians do believe. It's interesting, really. I, I see... All sorts of shit like this on YouTube. I see it on different platforms and everything where you have theists that have questions for atheists out there. And I decided to write one up myself where I have 10 questions that I'd like to ask Christians. And I'm honest here. I'd love to hear back from these guys because I honestly, I don't believe it. I'd even love to hear from any Mormon that is currently listening to this. Uh, Nothing you could say to me would convince me to believe as you do. Uh, I feel that doing this is an exercise to better help us atheists understand why you do believe. How about number 10? What is your threshold of evidence to believe that the religion that you're in is the correct one? Most religious people, and this is most with my caps lock on as I wrote this, people in a religion are in the same religion that their parents were in, and they never really stray far from that. I mean, most kids that are brought up in Muslim countries become Muslims. Most people that are raised in Utah are generally Mormon until they find their way out. And, oh boy, it does happen quite a bit. We have quite the the ex-Mormon crowd in this state. It's amazing. I myself was brought up Baptist, and I am not anymore because I didn't believe any of it. I mean, even when I was a little kid, I don't think I had any any real faith in it. I mean, I did have the... The fear that my parents struck into me that I was going to be going to hell if I didn't believe what they said. That's, an, that's how they manipulate little kids, and it's fucked up, but I had that belief. And I hear kids nowadays still believing that kind of shit, and it, it makes me a little bit sad that they're having to go through life thinking that they're going to go to hell. Anyway, so what is your threshold of evidence to believe that, that your religion is the right one? And I'm not talking about just because your mom and dad were. Why do you remain in the same religion? that your parents were in. How about number nine? 
What was it that convinced you to believe that yours is the one true religion? This isn't the threshold of evidence, like rehashed it all here. This is something I want to know. What is it that, that did convince you? One, I'm asking for a threshold. What, what would it be that would kind of tip your scales to make you think that you are in the right religion? This one is why this religion is correct to you. Why do you believe that this one is the true, the only one, the true religion? Uh, and if it's not something that's tangible, you know, butterflies in your stomach, uh, if, it, I mean, if, if it's something that's just a non-tangible kind of thing, butterflies in your stomach, euphoria, you know, feeling the word of God in your heart kind of thing, how did you determine that it was a supernatural cause and not something that can be explained with science? That's an honest question. I, I I think most of the stuff that you, most religious people out there believe in can easily be kind of squared away with scientific reasoning. It's just psychology. It's random neurons firing off. It's, it's a portion of your brain doing something that's a reward center in your head that you're getting dopamine injections and stuff. It, it's stuff that can be explained. But I'd like to know, what is the evidence that makes you believe it's true? If don't even come at me with a book, that's coming up here in a minute. How about number eight? Where does the wishy-washy line of true blank and not a true blank come from? And I, I bring I bring this up because it's the whole no true Scotsman fallacy here. And you know, no a, a true Christian would not do blankety blank. I mean, most people would say that when violence happens because of that thing. Uh, be it like Christianity, you know, people that harm people in the name of God. You know, you have the people that kill their children because they received word that they think that they have to kill their kids. I mean, it, it is a thing. So, are they true Christians? I, I don't know. I would like to know what you guys think about that. What is the line in the sand that divides a Christian from a non-Christian? Or a Muslim from a true Muslim kind of thing? Who Who knows? Uh, but I've read lots and lots of religious books that, and these things are very good at creating in and out cultures. And a lot of them have instructions to do harm. You may naysay it and say that the Bible doesn't have these kind of things in it, but no, I've, I've read specific passages where, you know, it is good to kill somebody. It is good to hurt somebody. And don't give me this bullshit about it's, I love it when they give me the whole, it was the Old Testament. This now that Jesus is here, we have to do the New Testament. No, nope. He did not come. He did not say you can't follow the Old Testament anymore. I'd bring up the exact passage, but honestly, I don't give a fuck enough about your Christ to to believe this law and everything that's going on. Atheist listening, if you know the answers to this stuff, please hit me up. I'd love to hear it. Uh, mailbag at utahoutcast.com or three four seven six six nine three three seven seven. I'll even take texts. That's great. Number seven, and here we're getting to the, the one I wanted to talk about. If you're a biblical literalist, which version? King James, New International, uh, the Mormon translated one, the Joseph Smith Special Edition. How do you deal with the inconsistencies that crop up? Yes, there are con ins inconsistencies. The Gospels don't all tell the same fucking story. How do you bargain with your own brain? To make sense of what seemed to be, with someone like me, I'm a rational, science-believing skeptic, 
to be utter nonsense and incorrect. Why the fuck would a, a priest or a preacher, whatever the hell you want to call your Christ, go to a fig tree and curse at it? Do you really believe spirits go into pigs and you drove them off cliffs? I know we've t- we're, we're shortly past Christmas here, but there's a lot of you guys out there that believe that Christ was born on December 25th. To use Donald Trump saying, wrong. No, that's just, no, dude. Okay, how about the flood myth? Well, that's just an old story. No, if, if it's part of your religious book and you're a biblical literalist, you have to believe that that's true. You have to believe the whole Adam and Eve story is real. Most Mormons, I should say all the good ones, literally believe in Adam and Eve being a real thing. Garden of Eden being in fucking Missouri. This was a real story to them. I mean, they, they have this in the endowment ceremony at the temples. You want to tell me they're wrong? But yours is right? I, I don't follow you here. Number six, to continue on with the the fun trashing of the Bible I seem to be doing here. Have you looked into how your holy book was compiled? I mean, honestly, uh, what about the Apocrypha? You know, all those books that didn't make the cut into the Bible. The Council of Nicaea. I mean, the the various authors of each book. I mean, we can see sections of how things were written, and obviously somebody wrote in some shit. Uh, the fact that none of the Gospels were written by their said author. I mean, the Gospel according to Luke, the uh, Gospel according to, I don't know. I don't care what four Gospels there are, because I've read them, and they're inconsistent throughout. They don't tell the same story. You want somebody to believe something? Have the same fucking story of four times. It'll be boring. But you know what? I wouldn't be able to go, hmm, they're not telling us the same thing here. They're not telling us the same thing there. It's kind of ridiculous, guys. I can understand appreciating a book for its lasting power, but to think that all it says is right is monstrous at best. All of the murder, the incest, the killing, the raping, the pillaging, the cutting off of foreskins. Yeah, I'm focusing on shit like that because it's a disgusting fucking book. The sending people to hell, the baiting people with things, the Jesus Christ, you listen to the story of Job and it's like, what a petulant fucking God that you guys believe in. And if I'm offending you, sorry, this is an atheist show. Why the fuck are you listening to it? Uh, Number five. And this one, I'll admit, is kind of a bit of a cheat. Because I'm mainly asking the Mormon viewers specifically. Have you read the CES letter? How can you align your faith with someone as reprehensible as Joe Jr. himself? I I don't get how you can follow that guy being the head of your church. He was the prophet. Yeah, okay, great. Many of the items stated in the Book of Mormon... And the other that you ca- other ones that you carry in your quad, the big fucking stack of books. I'd go get one from my shelf over here, but mm, don't feel like getting up. I got the shits. Uh, anyway, are, these are simply incorrect, namely being the Book of Abraham. That's one of the biggest ones to me, which we now know to be a facsimile of a papyrus of funeral rites. It has nothing to do with Abraham at all. It has nothing to do with with any of that story. Science just does not agree with your take on these things. Indians in America doesn't agree. Uh, lost civilizations in, this, in the Western Hemisphere wasn't here. 
none of the shit that you said happened happened. Have you looked into it? I mean, I, I really want to know. How is your shelf not broke from the mere fact that you've made multiple changes to the Book of Mormon since its first printing? If it's the most perfect book, how come it had edits? Can you explain that one to me? I would really love to know. How about number four? We've seen morality in animals, yet they're not imbued with a soul, according to most believers out there. What's your take? Uh, we see grief, and we see a, a whole other gamut of emotions from many beasts that are out there. Yet we still think that we're king shit of the animal kingdom, mainly because we have morality and the knowledge of God written on our hearts. Please explain to me, briefly, why murder is a sin based on one of the many commandments and all that fun shit. But self-defense that kills a guy? That's okay. Doesn't that pretty much state to us non-believers out there that there is such a thing as subjective morality? It's not completely objective morality? That's what it says to me. If you're the kind of people out there that say, okay, killing's terrible. Unless you're doing it to save someone's life. Then it's okay. That's subjective morality, not objective. Your whole house of cards is falling down right there. Let's see, number three. Why, oh why, do most people think that Jesus was some tall white dude? This one's a bit silly, but I mean, come on. If you were literally worshipping who Jesus really looked like, he was a fucking Palestinian Jew with features that represented those people of that age. Unless his father was the, the famous Roman centurion, Nautius Maximus, and somebody's out there chuckling because of that one. But really, he's not a, he's not a, he's not Barry Gibb from the BGC. Yeah, I'm dating myself here. But he, he would look nothing like how I see at Mormon churches, the, the, the buddy Christ that we see out there. He would look nothing like this guy. And yet people still worship that image of him like he's some sort of Viking Jesus. I don't get it. Number, th number two, public prayer of any type. What's the deal? It pretty much states it in your book that you're not supposed to be doing that. Yet that's what we see pretty much everywhere at all times. Even on TV shows. And number one. And this is the one that's going to bring us home here. If you truly believed that your religion is true, if people believe that their religion is completely true, why is there grief when people die? If you really believed you'd see them again, wouldn't you not want to cry? Wouldn't you be happy about it? Wouldn't you be like, yay, he finally got to go meet his maker. He's so happy right now. I get that many of you hearing this would be quick to reply with the whole, I'm grieving of the, their loss of time for me to be with them here on earth. But I don't believe you. A true believer, and yes, I am going full no true Scotsman here. And you can sue me for it if you want to. I don't know what you'd sue about, though. Uh, but a true believer would feel no grief, but would be happy. So go ahead, tell me I'm wrong. I'd like to hear you guys' responses. Like I said, 
you can hit me up via email, mailbag at utahoutcast.com, or send me a reply via text to 347-669-3377. You can even leave me a voicemail. The angrier, the better. That'd be great. in Dusseldorf, and that is why they call me Rolf. Don't be stupid, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Wayne Allen Root is one of these guys that looks like a complete douchebag. And I, I say that quite often, but especially about these right-wing assets from the GOP. He, uh, he's hero-worshipping Donald Trump pretty goddamn hard, considering the guy's only been office for, what, 12 days as I'm putting this out? Maybe a little bit more? Who knows? He's sucking his dick pretty goddamn hard on this video. Let's uh, let's go ahead and listen. I'm Wayne Allen Root for RootForAmerica.com. Nice Up plug. until now, Ronald Reagan was my favorite president in modern history. But remarkably, Donald Trump has passed my hero Reagan in his first week. Trump makes Reagan look like he was standing in quickstand. That's because Reagan would actually try to go through Congress to pass things instead of signing executive orders, don't you think? I mean... That's kind of what you guys bitched about at Obama for, for God knows how long, how he's got executive overreach, how he's not listening to the will of the people and everything. Yeah, how about that? And you got a guy that's that's banning Muslims from entering the country. Oh, it's not a Muslim ban, it's a ban on the seven countries. No, no, it's, it's definitely a fucking Muslim ban. I don't know why people are so afraid of fucking refugees. It's not like they're coming here with like, like pirates jumping onto a ship with a fucking knife, knife in their teeth ready to jump from the top sail and ride it down to the bottom and like, ha ha, no. No, they're coming here because they've got nothing. It's fucking ridiculous. Trump makes Reagan look like a slacker. Trump makes my hero Reagan look like a liberal. Almost. I was honored to be the opening speaker at each of Donald Trump's six events in Las Vegas, Nevada in the past year. At each of these giant rallies, I recited a dream wish list of everything Trump might do in his first term. Fucking name dropper. Star fucker. I can think of a couple other names to call you, Wayne. Honestly, I could. Big fucking deal you open for somebody. Did he actually pay you? That's what I wonder, because he, he tends to not pay people. Conservatives responded with wild applause and standing ovations for each line. And then I added, at the end, Trump will do all of that on day one. Can you imagine what he'll accomplish on his second day? The crowd roared with delight and laughter. But I was joking. I was dreaming out loud. Those were my wildest expectations. I was praying he might pass some of them in his first hundred days or maybe his first year. I never expected in my wildest dreams to be guilty of under-promising for Donald Trump. I think we've all misunderestimated him to say a George Bushian thing there. It's not good what he's doing, Wayne. A president can't rule from on high. That's not how the fucking country works. He's the head of the executive branch. We still have two other branches of government that are necessary for laws to become the real fucking law of the land, guy. He's got a supermajority out there with, with the GOP being in the House and the Senate. That's great. He's also going to be able to pick his first Supreme Court, his first, you know, the, the person to replace Scalia. 
whether to say they'll be able to make it into office or not, I don't know because at least in the Senate, we, we can edge them out almost. They don't have the, the, the gigantic majority like they have in the house, but it involves a lot of politicking still. And I'm, I don't like how the GOP is not playing the game. They've just kind of rolled over and is letting Trump get away with whatever the fuck he wants to. And, and I'm, I'm not crazy here. I know that he's not the one coming up with these fucking ideas. The man is a, is certifiably dumb. Not trying to be ableist, but he's dumb. I don't give, I don't care what anybody thinks. He's not this wonderful strategist that everybody thinks he is. That's Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is the guy pulling the fucking strings behind the curtain. And Vladimir Putin, of course. But anyway, back to this asshole. I was among the first to endorse Trump and predict his victory over 20 months ago. Starfucker. I said over and over again he would be our generation's Ronald Reagan and that his can-do businessman's attitude would make things happen fast. But this is ridiculous. Trump's gone straight from can-do to already done. It's only been a week and already my wish list is in place. And he's been protested against by so many fucking people. It is it is absolutely asinine that the guy thinks that he has any kind of political clout that he has any kind of um what's the one to say political capital to cash in on it was not it wasn't you did not win this office with you know the popular vote and that fucking burns him up you did not you, you didn't win that many electoral votes you won a lot of them wasn't the highest and that really incenses him he thinks that he's got this mandate he, he, he really doesn't all of the protesting going on. He's living in some sort of bubble to think that it doesn't involve directly against him. People don't like you, Donald. Nobody's going to vote for you again. We've seen who you are and what you are. You'll be lucky to make it out of the country after your term is up. People are tired of you already. They're, they're goddamn sick of your scrunched face lying bullshit that you keep doing man simply amazing breathtaking head spinning and all of this happened in trump's first week even god rested on the seventh day donald trump doesn't and there you have it everybody the a lot of the people in the gop religious right you heard it right there comparing trump to god how about that? That's just, that's just, that's precious. That's beautiful. It's gross, guys. Fucking stop doing that. My own personal theory is that Joseph built the pyramids in order to store grain. Now, all the archaeologists think that they were made for the pharaoh's graves, but, you know, it would have to be something awfully big when you stop and think about it. I don't think it would just disappear over the course of time to store that much grain. And when you look at the way the pyramids are made, with many chambers that are hermetically sealed, they would have to be that way for a reason. And, uh, you know, various scientists have said, well, you know, there were alien beings that came down and they had special knowledge and that's how they were. You know, it doesn't require an alien being when God is with you. Ben Carson recently was at... Um I can't remember what college it is specifically, but he was at a college where somebody that was a Holocaust survivor received a degree from the college, and he came up to speak immediately after this person had received their degree. Holocaust survivor, guys. Keep this in mind as we listen to the audio. I have to make a, a little 
disclaimer here. You know, everybody makes disclaimers these days. They say, you know, I'm on this board or that board or, you know, I have this relationship. Oh, apologies for the audio. I say with a grain of salt. Well, my disclaimer is the following. I've noticed in recent years that it's virtually impossible to speak to a large group of people without offending someone. Only if you're Ben Carson or you're somebody that actually doesn't, you know, put any thought into your fucking words before you put them out there to the public. I put a disclaimer on the show before it releases to people, but that doesn't mean that somebody's not going to be offended. Somebody might be offended. I try my best to mitigate that kind of thing by letting them know ahead of time that there's a content warning. However, you do not have such a filter, Ben. You're the, you're the smartest dumb person I've ever listened to. Have you noticed that? See, you young people wouldn't know this, but when I was growing up, people used to have a, a saying. It was, sticks and stones break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know? That kind of thing allowed bully culture to happen for a long fucking time. And thankfully, the generations after years are finally putting an end to that shit in schools. Sure, it's still bad. But you know what? People are more aware of it nowadays. We have anti-bullying campaigns. People are actually trying their hardest to make sure kids are safe and secure whenever they go to school. You might think, oh, you're sheltering them too much. No. No, we're actually doing what parents should have been doing back then. Putting an end to the fucking abuse that happens in schools. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Yeah. But words leave everlasting scars, you fucking asshole. You can't tell somebody that words don't hurt. How many times has someone dropped the N-word on you, Mr. Carson? Really? And you're just going to say, no, no big deal. Eh, it's no problem. I don't see it. I don't see a big deal with it. If somebody went to the nuclear option like that when you were out in public, I'm pretty sure you'd be offended by that. You wouldn't be like, oh, it's just words. No, that's not how it works, man. People know how to get to people's goats really fucking quickly. And you saying that, you know, you younger generation, you've never heard that bull fucking shit. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's so many super masculine people out there that are still teaching their young boys that. I'm sure there's people out there that want their girls to think that, oh, he's picking on you. Oh, that just means he likes you. No, no. I'm, I'm sure it still goes on. I'm not one perpetuating that bullshit. My girls, they're not going to ever know the, the, the boy bullying on them is like a pick, uh, like, oh, he likes you. He thinks you're cute. And he just, that's how boys show that they like people. Nope. Not in my book. They can fuck right off with that stuff. So, Ben, I hope you bring it around here in a second. But keep in mind, Holocaust survivor spoke a minute ago. That went out a long time ago. Names kill people now. People walk around with their feelings on their shoulders waiting for somebody to say something so they can be offended. No, sir. What we're doing is we're calling shit out finally. And people don't like being told that they can't say certain things. Oh, it's the PC police telling me that I can't have freedom of speech. We're not doing that at all. We're merely saying that if you say shit like that, you have free speech to say it. But I also have free speech to say you're wrong. That is not a good thing to say. That is not a proper thing to say. You should not say that in mixed company. When you're amongst your racist friends, fuck it, be all, say all, do whatever you want to say. But the thing is, when you're in public and you want to use a racial slur against somebody, if you want to catcall women and shit like that, we're calling you out on it nowadays. That's bullshit. You, if you're in civilized society and you're acting like a fucking oaf, we're going to call you on that. You might not like it. And you might think, oh, you fucking social justice warrior. 
yeah, I want people to be treated nicer than they have been because we've got a lot of making up to do people. I can't hear anything else. I was talking to a group one time about the difference between a human brain and a dog's brain. And a man got offended. He said, you can't talk about dogs like that. Do I even... Uh, no. And, and then, you know, I was talking to another group about, you know, how the fashion industry has gotten the young ladies to think they're supposed to be so skinny. Why are you talking about these things? These are completely disparate things. I can understand you talking about brains because you're a brain surgeon. But why the fuck are you talking about fashion magazines and stuff? But, man. It looked like they escaped from a concentration camp. And a Jewish man got offended. He said, you can't mention concentration camps. That's too delicate. It would be as if I said something to you about slavery. I told him, you can mention slavery all you want. It doesn't bother me. But, you know, some people choose to get offended. So here's my disclaimer. It is not my intention to offend anyone here today. Mission fucking accomplished there, sir. Mission fucking accomplished. Because what did you just say? All of these girls in these fashion magazines looking real thin like they just got out of a concentration camp. You do realize that the person that was just on the stage before you was a survivor of the Holocaust, right? And you made a concentration camp joke. How could you be so fucking callous? Oh, wait, you're not callous. You're just dumb. That's right. I forgot. You are the smartest dumb person I've ever met. <laughs> It's been a good long while since we had a David Barton video to go off of. This one, he's going to be addressing all of us people out there that say Donald Trump is not my president. When they said the same thing about Obama just a few short months ago, and they were also talking about how they need to impeach him, he's not from this country, he's a secret Kenyan, blah, 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 blah. But all of a sudden, now that there's a Republican president in the White House, we're supposed to lockstep and just need to pretend everything is just hunky-dory. It's not. And let's just let David Barton tongue lashes. It's certainly uh, an exciting time to, to sit and watch uh, transition. You know, we, we talk about the peaceful transition of power in the United States. And, and this one might have, uh, you know, seen a little bit more controversy than, than, than some in the past. What do you think creates that? Well, let's just put it this way. Losing by three million votes pisses off a lot of people. Having a guy that was on stage openly and blatantly saying misogynistic things, saying sexist things, saying ableist things, being a racist because of, you know, a Mexican judge, not even Mexican, he's a fucking American citizen just because he has ancestry that came from a Spanish-speaking country, all of a sudden, you know, he can't be impartial to what we're doing here. Because we have the worst fucking example of American on stage as the president of the United States. And let, let's just say this. There was a peaceful transfer, transfer of power. There was no attempt on his life. There's, there was a couple of protests. There was some window smashing in D.C. and all that. But all in all, it was fucking normal. Except when your homie, you know, 
sent out his press secretary to say that the, the size of the crowd was much larger than it should have been. Boy, we've been raising the stink with you guys, haven't we? Uh, it's interesting you ask that because as a, I was there for the inauguration. One of the very common signs the protesters were, was said, Trump is not my president. That's based on four fallacies that we wrongly teach in education. Wow. Four fallacies. Not just one. You know, he's going to say, Trump is not my president. Trump is not my president. Five words with four fallacies in there. I, I don't know how that's possible. I guess he's going to let us know. Number one, those people thought that the popular vote wins. That's not the way it is. You're right. The popular vote doesn't win. But the thing is, you have a party currently in power that thinks because they, they won the presidency and they have more people in the House that they own the fucking country. The president doesn't have a mandate for the shit that he's trying to push out there. He's pissing off more than 50% of the fucking nation. Now, I'll agree that a lot of people shouldn't have got up, should have gotten off their ass and voted. I don't know why they didn't. Trump was the fucking person that was, was going to be barreling towards the win. You literally put anybody else out there, they would have won by popular vote. People didn't like Hillary Clinton because she came with a lot of fucking baggage. I get that she's a good person. She's, I mean, a good senator. She's been, she was a great first lady, but she has baggage. She has 30 years of the right attacking her, attacking her, and attacking her. She's got too much baggage. I still voted for her because I realized who I was voting against. Oh, you shouldn't have to vote. Who, who do you think the lesser of two evils is? Fuck that. You really think Trump was the lesser of two evils? Anyway, not my president, whatever. Number two, they thought that we're a democracy, not a republic. And that's not true at all. A lot of stuff we do is democratic. We are a democratic republic, you fucking idiot. Just because we're a republic doesn't mean we don't use the system of democracy to get there. Most all of our elected officials locally are done by popular vote. We have ballot initiatives that come out popular vote. The only one of the only offices that we have that's not done by popular vote is the presidency because we have this old antiquated system of electoral college. It's time for that shit to go. Number three, they don't understand what it means to be bicameral or what federalism is. I bet you couldn't even define those for me, David. I bet you you couldn't. You just like to say big words. And so just carrying a sign like that says you're really ignorant, not of Trump, of our form of government, of our history, of who we are. And is that kind of ignorance has been generated by our educational system that creates much of the divide that you have in America. I think more people are woke nowadays than you'd like to think they are, David. And besides, you gave us four fallacies and you only gave us three that you brought up. So as I'm seeing it, you owe me one, bitch. Literally, you are. You're trying to blame the education system. Gee, I wonder why the education system is bad. Could it be that it's been current, constantly defunded? You know, the, they try to bring in a common core and everybody throws a shit fit about it, trying to do private vouchers and everything. You're having fucking Betsy DeVos showing up as the wanting to be the head of the Department of Education. You think it's really going to get better underneath that? No, you want a dumb populace to vote for your people. Those who understand something about history and tradition and government and law and those who don't care anything about it because they've never been taught about it. 
Oh, we've been taught about it. A lot of us have been taught about it. Especially us of the atheist crowd. We look into a lot of fucking history. Especially when it comes to founding of this country. Uh, how things are supposed to be in the federal government. Instead of how things are currently done. So, you want to say that we don't know what's going on? Fuck you. You have no idea what's going on, you Christian bigot. One of the things we've done around here, we stick them under coffee tables and end tables. You just stack them up and then put a cloth over them yeah. or, or get a, a piece of a, you know, cardboard or, or a piece of plywood mm-hmm. and you make a top and then you just stack this food. You can have your whole living room with end tables and coffee tables made out of food buckets. You know, we can't have you guys on listening to the show and not give you a segment of Jim Baker. I mean, we have to, I have to deliver Jim Baker to you guys at least once a week because <laughs> he's such an easy target and boy, is he fun to fuck with. Uh, anyway, he wants to talk to us about, you know, Trump critics, because that seems to be the unifying theme in all of these fucking videos is that most of these guys seem to be they have the biggest hard on for Trump as you possibly possibly could, you know, have they, they can't hide it in their waistband like they do in Europe. They can't hide it down their leg like we do here in america it's poking out so hard and so far from the front that they could probably do some awesome breakdancing moves off of it and make themselves like some sort of human top flopping around on their cock it's just man anyway jim baker yeah what was i getting off on topic there i watch a lot of news because i'm trying to find out what's going on that's why people watch the news jim they want to find out what's going on that's why it's called the news. What is the news? But he has to explain it to his crowd, of course, because they're the kind that would buy a, a bucket full of Bibles. Yes, they offer a bucket full of Bibles there. Have you ever looked into the eyes of some of these people? Even the rep- You mean like normal making eye contact while having conversations with them? Yes, it's called being a human. That's how we communicate with each other. A lot of it's done through the eyes. Republicans that are so mean right now. Did you ever see so many mean Republicans? There, I mean, there really is. Don't, don't forgive. I mean, forgive me, but I'm telling you, there's some people that I'm concerned that are demon possessed. I mean, they're just going crazy. Yes. Yes, they're praying at the altar of corn and zinch and nurgle. Where Trump has been there, named their avatar on the planet, you know. No, they're not demon possessed. They're just angry old fucking white guys that want the want everything to go back to how they thought it should be in the fifties and everything. It's not going to happen. We're seventy years past that shit now. You really should be trying to make the future work for you instead of trying to fight against it. But nope. You guys are just going to be afraid and you're going to say people are demon possessed. And no, that's not a thing, Jim. That's that's not something that happens anymore. There's no such thing as demon possession. Guess what? There never was. You know what that was called? Epilepsy. Having mental problems. There's no fucking such thing as demon possession. I heard an article earlier this week about, you know, the most expensive or the 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 hardest to sell death houses that are out there. I would honestly start looking at at a market for a house that had somebody murdered in it because I'm going to get it for a lot cheaper because people are fucking superstitious, superstitious and dumb about things like that. Oh, gosh, there's a spirit in this house and it's just going to haunt us. Like, no, 
There's not. Somebody died in here. A biological thing stopped ticking. Great. Oh, somebody was murdered. There's all this negative energy in here. I'm, I need to come in with my sage thing and smudge it out. Or I need to put salt in every corner of the room. It's like, you fucking idiots. And yet, this guy is selling doomsday buckets and prep shit just for the apocalypse that, you know, should have been averted with, uh, with Trump becoming president. It really should have been averted. But has it been? You tell me, Jim. Why are we still worried? Why are you guys still scared? And they, they look. Their eyes look like demons coming yes. out of them. Somebody literally looking like they have a, a, a Satan with a pitchfork popping out of their fucking eyeballs. I think I would notice that and, you know, say something to him. But I'd be like, whoa, you need some, uh, you need some clear eyes. Oh, wait, Ben Stein supported that one. Fuck that. Mm-mm, not going to have that. I'm scared. The war. I, I'm not scared, but I, World War III. I think we're in the war. I think yes. we're in the the, the the great battle of the 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 antichrist the, 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 get to your fucking point jim of the antichrist okay great don't you guys want armageddon aren't you guys the ones that are just dying and itching for it to happen because that means that jesus is coming back soon let me tell you what it's more likely to happen with trump as president than with you know if clinton was president Trump's trying to weaken NATO, which is going to allow Putin to essentially do whatever the fuck he wants. That's not a good thing. We shouldn't be buddy-buddies with these guys. Russia has stated many, many times before, they don't, they're not our friends. They don't want to be our friends. Us as a superpower, them as a superpower. That kind of works for us. Trying to make amends and be buddies with these people. It's not going to happen as long as they have a fucking dictator. If they were a free and open democracy like they should be. Then we could talk. But they're not. And the the very fact that ours was demoted from full democracy to kind of sketchy democracy. This last week tells me that we've got a lot of fucking work to go to. I believe the spirit of yes. Antichrist, and I'll tell you, there's a there's a warfare in the heavenlies. Yes, and, and the fuck are the heavenlies? There's a what? <laughs> there's a war in the heavenlies. Is that is that that the spot between you know women's legs or the breasts? Those are my heavenlies. I don't know what this guy's talking about. Is this like in between the troposphere and the stratosphere? Or what are we talking about here? Because I, I don't know what the fucking heavenlies are. Are we talking low earth, or, low earth orbit? Or are we talking geosynchronous orbit? Where, where are these heavenlies? Is it like 10 miles off the surface of the moon? What war? What battle? Where is it happening? Oh, it must be that area where um, the Enterprise fought with the the other starship that was close enough to Earth. You know, the, the shitty second movie of the reboots. It was just, ugh, it was bad. I'll tell you what, the church, man, we used Which to one? sing church triumphant, you know, onward Christian soldiers. And I- you know, the sad thing is I still remember that song. It's annoying as shit to know, to still know Bible hymns. God, that annoys me. Tell you, I have never seen the church. Which one? Step up like this so dramatically. Which church? Mm-hmm. 
that it's literally turning a nation around. Yeah, it turning people out into the streets to fucking protest this guy. Jim, what are, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You're not making a case for yourself. You're nobody cares about your god. Nobody cares about your religion. Nobody cares about your church. Nobody cares about that. What people want are their inalienable rights. And Trump is coming right for those with both barrels. Honestly, he's coming right for him. He, the first one of the first things he signed is an abortion ban. And then the next thing he signs is going to be uh, the repeal of the ACA, which is another right we're supposed to have as being the biggest fucking superpower in the world. Then he's going to come for, he came from the Muslims this week. Who's going to be next? I mean, honestly, when I see Christians jeering and lauding, jeering is not the right thing, cheering and lauding Trump for what he did with this ban, with travel from the seven countries and everything and saying it's not a Muslim ban and everybody else is like, yeah, let's get them goddamn Muslims out of this country. Where does it stop? You don't remove one protected class of people and think that you're going to be just fine with that. You know, they're, they're probably thinking the whole, well, this is a Christian nation. You really think Donald Trump is Christian? It's, it's amazing to me. We've had like two atheist presidents in a row. But Donald Trump is an asshole while Obama actually had some fucking integrity. Not saying that I agreed with everything that he did, but for the most part, I actually felt like he was a president. I might actually come behind if, if Trump actually got into office and started acting like a fucking president. Maybe we wouldn't be in this situation right now, but he's definitely not doing that. My name is Lieutenant Aldo Rain, and I'm putting together a special team, and I need me eight soldiers. Eight Jewish American soldiers. Now, y'all might have heard rumors about the Armada happening soon. Well... We'll be leaving a little earlier. We're going to be dropped into France, dressed as civilians. Once we're in enemy territory, as a bushwhacking guerrilla army, we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. Sound good? Yes, sir! I really wanted to talk about the whole punching a Nazi thing for a minute and let people know that is the, the host of this cabal. I don't feel any regret in applauding the random punching of Richard Spencer. I won't shy away from the fact that I did put it out on Facebook and Twitter that I, I cheered the first time it happened, and so when it happened again, I, I shared that one too, and I laughed about it. I'll admit that I'm a terrible human being and at times, and for the most part, I let my lizard brain take control way too many times to count. Me saying this doesn't mean that it's right. There's a distinct difference there. I can still cheer things on my own. I know it's not right, but I still love seeing a Nazi getting punched. I, for a fact, know that punching someone out of my anger and having a message that is counter to my own is not the way that a civil dialogue should work in this country. I will, however, say only one thing in my defense about this. He is a Nazi. We decided as, an, as a nation, the moment that we stepped into World War II, that we wouldn't let Nazis stand. I'm from a culture of military men. I'm not making excuses for myself. Quite, quite the contrary. I, I, I know that it's this sense of hyper-masculinity that leads me to think that sometimes might can make right um, when other options have been exercised. I haven't been in a fight since, I think, second or third grade because at that time in my life, I didn't know how to fight. I was bullied as a kid, so I, I learned Taekwondo at a really early age. 
and I dropped a kid twice my size and I immediately felt bad for it. I didn't like how I felt hitting somebody. That doesn't mean I'm a pacifist. It just means I didn't like feeling bad for somebody that was on obviously trying to hurt me. I felt bad because I had power over somebody and I, I didn't ask for that. So humans are far from perfect. We're still apes with language and amazing tools. They got vibrators and shit nowadays that, you know, that would be funny to deliver sex toys to like a, a cabal of apes. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Uh, we want to be better and we're really, really trying as a species. Unfortunately, there are times that we backslide and end up doing stupid shit. See, for instance, the guy who went into that rocket ping pong pizza place uh, from the Podesta email scandal, I guess you want to say, and shot around into the building. A moment of stupid, one stupid action, just stupid shit, means that this guy doesn't get to see his family and kids for any number of years. Hell, America just did a hold my beer to Britain's Brexit, and now we have Donald fucking Trump as president. We did something really stupid because most of the Americans' fears were played on, and instead of thinking and rationalizing, people went with their gut check. Another reason I think we have this blind spot for this type of action is because our inherent biases and privileges are still in, in play. Yes, if you are playing SJW bingo, you can dot hypermasculinity, bias, and privilege. You're almost there to bingo, so just bear with me for a few more sentences. I bring up privilege because me punching a Nazi isn't going to do anything to the group that I, that I happen to be part of. A Nazi isn't going to go out there and attack a, a cisgendered, heterosexual, white male. Yeah, if you're playing at home, that's bingo by now. In retaliation. They're going to take it down on a target that's a lot more vulnerable. They're going to attack the trans person, the person of color. They're going to attack a gay person, someone that doesn't fit the American stereotype of quote-unquote, just a dude. And we need to realize that when we cheer for the punching of Nazis, it makes one feel good, but realize that it does come with a cost. I mean, hell, even as I write this, there was a, a live punching of a trans person. And their side is going to cheer as well, but they're not going to feel bad about it like I do, and like a lot of us do. I think the next time that this happens, instead of victim-blaming the person who was punched, and like I said, I did cheer for it, keep in mind that it could have ended up much, much worse for Mr. Spencer. Realize that we seed the high ground, and that there are other ways of stopping someone like that. Just look at Shia LaBeouf's yelling at the neo-Nazi as an inspiration. He didn't hit him, he just yelled really fucking loud, like near his ear. So, you I mean, you could cause damage there as well. But still, he didn't deck the guy. Violence should not be the level playing field that we put ourselves on, no matter how much I and others think that Nazis deserve it. All right, well, that brings an end to the feature segment. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our uh, six-month-old patron show that's going to be coming up on Friday. Uh, those people who count themselves as one of our patrons have already heard the current episode, so if you too wish to support the show that we do work on each week, uh, please make sure to go to patreon.com slash Outcasts. So very many thanks go to our sustaining patrons, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, and Mike Bowman for all their help and love that they've shared with us. But a double helping of gratitude goes to our highest donating patron, Danny Lopez. Remember, we don't thank only those that donate to us. If you want to shout out but don't have the budget to do so, a quick review or subscribe 
on whatever you catch us on. We'll make sure we give you due praise for it. And a final thanks to me for rolling through this thing solo two episodes in a row. Yeah. And we'll catch you again on Friday with our older patron show and again on Monday with a brand new spanking episode with panelists and maybe a special guest. We'll see. Uh, anyway, we'll catch you on Monday with the brand new stuff. And if you're really looking forward to hearing what we were talking about six months ago, it'll download on Friday. And by the way, you're welcome.
60,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.